All right, bradcooney.com. I'd like to welcome to the show singer-songwriter David Deacon. What is up, David? Well, uh, I don't know. We're I'm just starting up again with uh, new sound that's sort of from the old sound, and um, yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, the new release is called No Never Mind. Yep. And um, so that's just to give you a little bit on that story. I mean, it was funny. I was thinking. I've got this whole new album that we're about to release in. Uh, well, let's, well let, let, let me let me. I'm sorry. Let me jump in real quick because yeah. one thing that what, one thing that could happen is you could answer three or four of my questions uh, before I ask them. <laughs> so let, let's let's right. let's do this. So slow down, David. No, no worries. But before we get into all the all the good stuff, tell my listeners a little bit about you. I want to I want to go um, back in time a little bit and tell my listeners a little bit about you, like how. And when you first started making music, and then we'll get into your your current projects, of course. Okay. All right, man. Sorry. No, you're good. So you want to start that again, then? No, 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 no. We're rolling, man. We're good. Just, just, uh, just kind okay. of. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. Okay. So some background. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I've had a very eclectic life. I uh, started writing poetry when I was fifteen, sixteen. I painted, same age, ended up having an art exhibition, did really well, went to Paris, studied art, sort of didn't figure out how to make a living as an artist, so did other things. And then in the 90s, I started doing music. And that mm-hmm. happened, oh, well, I was walking up a street in the Upper East Side, New York, and there was a sign outside a bar that said, George Plimpton's doing a poetry reading tonight. Come on in. Wow. And I thought, yeah, I, can, I can write better poetry than George Plimpton. He's a, like a, uh, you know, a sports writer. So I, I went in, I asked to meet the manager. Turned out it was a woman who owned the bar, and she said, yeah. And I said, I'd like to open for George. And she said, okay, give me a couple of poems. Mm-hmm. And I did, and she said, yeah, okay, you can open for him. And it went pretty well, and then I got a letter from her, and she says, um, I'd like you to do Valentine's Day for us, you know, as our poet. So I went back, and uh, then it turned out that night they had a folk singer, lovely young woman, played nice guitar, was, sang pretty songs. And I went, oh, man, this is crazy. I'm going to sound so bad. I'm spoken word, <laughs> and she's got music. And I decided that night... I was going to put together a band, and a year later, I had my first album. I wow, okay. You know, that was pretty crazy, but that's Absolutely. how it happened. That's pretty cool. Um, I, li- I like the fact that you just rolled the dice, too, and in there, I'll, I'll, I'll do poems, and you know, and she, she gave you the shot. So let's back up a little bit further, though. Like, How long have you been playing guitar? What was your first interest like when you well, like to pursue a musical career? Did you like always have an interest in playing guitar, or was it, did it come along later in life? No, actually, I don't play guitar, and I actually have no musical training at all. Oh, okay. And it really happened then. I went, wow! I'd I'd like to put together. Hello. A couple of bongo. You're breaking up a little bit, David. David, you're, David, you're single. You know, it took a while. David, can you hear me? Hello? 
Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I lost hey, you though. Uh, your, your your signal's really bad. I just lost like I couldn't hear nothing you were saying. Um, that's too bad. Uh, is this better here? Yeah, right there it is. Yeah, go so back up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna stay right here. Um, and I'll go back a, a little bit. Sorry yep. on that. It's okay. Yes, I you know I I, I had no musical training. I'm going to do this, so um, you know. I just look for some players. I even got some bongo drummers off the street to try and do a rap thing. Oh, wow. Felt like, no, I had a different vibe. And anyway, I found a keyboard player, and then we started doing stuff, and then I found a guitar player. <laughs> Eventually, it turned into a band. Wow. Good stuff. All right, so now let's get into your song, No Nevermind. Um, I listened yeah. to it. I like the song, and it's different. And and, I, and I'll explain a little bit later why 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 I feel it's different, but different in a good thing, in a good way. Um, so tell my listeners and everybody out there a little bit about the song, the backstory, how it all the song came about. Well, um, whenever I write any song, it comes from something real and something you know that I figure you write about the things you care about the best. But this song, you know, which is obviously, when you listen to it, you know, it has a bit about, um, you took away my nights with cold fights, hard lights, and highly individual uptights. I got the no, never mind. So, you know, you're listening to that and mm -hmm. say, okay, it's clearly a breakup. But I think breakups are kind of complex, and I think this song uh, gets elements of that. You know, there's elements of anger, there's elements of sadness, there's elements of... Um, regret and there's also humor you know it's like mm -hmm. it, you're trying to sort of disregard the pain and make it funny and there you know there's uh, as you notice at one point there there's a breakdown in the band and there's a little chuckle from me and says yeah um, but bottom line on this was I was thinking about how I was going to move ahead, starting with a new set of music that I've been writing, and I got 10 new songs to launch. Mm -hmm. And I'm going on here, but the bottom line was, I thought, why don't I put this one out first as a soft launch, try and see where it goes. Because I know there are a whole bunch of people at Christmas time that are sitting there saying, man, I don't want another happy Christmas song. I, I Like, I just got my butt booted down the road, whether it's a woman or a man, and I'm not feeling that great about Christmas right at the moment, so I'd like some blues, and this is good Christmas blues is what I think. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Okay, so this is what I was getting at earlier when I listened to this song. I love, I love storytelling kind of songs, and obviously this is a perfect song for that. I mean, if, if you're into storytelling... Um, I like it because it's not so much singing in this song. It, it's 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 you're basically storytelling. I don't know what you call that style, but you, I'm, I'm sure you know you know what I'm talking about. Um, is the rest? I do actually, and and I don't like I do both. Uh, it's really just spoken word sometimes, but there's sort of a, a musical singing element. Yeah, there is. I do spoken word. And I actually am not singing in that song at all, and yet it feels like I'm singing. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't know what the heck you call it either. Um, some of my, most of my songs now with this new release will be, you know, I'm, I'm singing clearly, but there are other points. Like I have a new song which will release later uh, called Poetry. And so 
so it's the kind of antidote to the cynicism mm -hmm. or uh, whatever of this no never mind and it goes like this at one point in the silence in the room I hated missing you at all when the poets on the high wire only beauty takes the fall mm. you were whispers you were strands you were almost nothing more light from a dark window the night's darkness at the door poetry just falls mm -hmm. out of my mouth when I'm talking about you. You know what I mean? And it sort of yeah. moves to singing, but it, it starts with just, hey, let's yeah. talk. Let's uh, hear each other. Yep, exactly. There's that there's that element where it's, it's spoken words, but it's not like how me and you are talking right now. There's just that thing to it. There's that it to it. Kind of like how George Thorogood a little bit. George Thorogood has that song. Um, you know what? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's actually kind of I hadn't heard that reference before, but yeah, that's actually a really nice one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good I, analogy. I, that's, that's a good one. It matches the um, same kind of style you did. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and you know, um, uh, Robbie Robertson, somewhere down a crazy river. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that kind of vibe. Yep, too. exactly. I'm, I'm hearing you. It's like to me, you don't have to just stick in one place. No, you're doing music. Yeah, absolutely not. It's a cool, it's a cool, different little change thing. I, I, I love, I really liked your song a lot. I did. I, did, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, how's the song doing? Is it getting didn't spins anywhere, or how, how's it do? How's it going for you so far? Actually, it's gone really well on YouTube. Yeah, um, nice. You know, and if people are trying to find me or whatever, uh, it's kind of easy. It's we'll do that at the end. A, we'll, be, have a, we'll do that at the end. Hold on a second. We'll, we'll do that at the at the end of the interview. I'll, I'll okay. give you an opportunity to get yeah. all the all, right. all so your social anyway, media. Anyway, bottom line is YouTube's been getting some pretty steady plays, which is cool. Because I, I haven't done anything. I actually just did a couple of inter radio interviews this week, so we launched it like uh, a week and a half ago. Nice. And I'm already at you know closing in on three thousand. Really? With nothing. That's I don't really know how it happened, but it's 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 going. And I figure now that we're starting to talk to people on radio and other things, maybe that'll pick it up some more. But oh, no doubt. Yeah, it seems to have been picked up well. It's definitely going to get more. Do, do you keep doing these interviews? Um, for sure. I mean, more people will will will, will click over there because I'll put your links up in the in the article, and um, people. Okay. Yeah, but but three thousand views already is really strong. That's pretty good for this for the short time that it's been up on YouTube. Yeah, I, I, I've been very positively surprised by that. And I, I guess the way I look at it is um, I put this out as something that I, I, it was a test case for me while I tried to start to understand the Internet market. Uh, um, just to give you a little background, I, I, I basically did about eight years of steady gigging and working my butt off in the 90s. Yep. And... Um, I sold about 10,000 CDs essentially from the stage. That's good. Um, I, I was playing, you know, Toronto, Buffalo, Rochester, Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, you know, that sort of thing. So it was within 500 miles of Toronto. And that's what I did off the stage. And I thought, 
I, you know, I've always wanted to just do it again. And, and then I thought, you know, the world's changed. There's the Internet now. And who knows? Like, if I could do a niche audience like that um, back in those days, heck, now I could reach a whole lot more people. And that might work reasonably well and enough that, um, you know, I could actually just now focus on this for the rest of my life, which is what I'd love to do. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. Hey, and the, the social media is definitely, there's some advantages to it for sure, as far as, especially for networking, and um, you can you can actually meet people online that you can collaborate with, uh, there's all yeah. kinds of different things you can do, man, you can find producers, you can find management, there's all kinds of things you can do on social media for, um, for, for musicians. It wasn't the case back when I was growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm 57 years old, so... The whole music industry is a completely different ball game now, as opposed to when it was when I was growing up. It's not so much the record deal thing is is still there, but it's not it's not the holy grail anymore that it used to be. You know what I mean? There's a lot more control that artists have. I, I totally, I totally hear you. That's exactly why I thought I'd give it a shot again. Yep. I came close a couple of times to a record deal, but never got one. Yeah. And uh, and that was the holy grail then. If you didn't get it, you were done. Yeah. And, you know, and, and in the end, that was part of it. I I mean, you know, it's hard. You, if you've done that game, you understand. Mm -hmm. It's hard to keep a band together, hard yeah. to be on the road, hard to do all this stuff. You're not, you don't get any money. It, you know, you're <laughs> living in crap hotel. <laughs> I remember thinking... In one one motel that was called the Dew Drop Inn, it was so bad, man. There were cockroaches and thin walls and whatever. Oh, yeah. Spray painted the sign afterwards calling it the Don't Drop In. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah. you know, I, it's, it's tough. And, and that, but it's a beautiful thing at the same time. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I digress in a way, but I had a buddy who was in a motorcycle gang. He was my motorcycle mechanic. And I really liked the guy. He was really cool. And, you know, he wasn't really a gang guy. He ended up leaving it, which was cool. But we went on a motorcycle trip one time, and, man, we went through snow and rain and sleet, and it just was awful. <laughs> and we get back, and he was trying to imitate me in a way and, and uh, I was writing poetry at the time so he wrote this epic poem about our trip and the end of the poem that went like this if he said let's do it again I'd say let's go because it wasn't the sun we were looking to find it was the looking that's all there's nothing more oh wow that's cool <laughs> wow that's yeah right on exactly right it's like you can get some Really unexpected genius in very special places. Just because you're listening to people who worked and mm -hmm. are around the life you are. And that is very much the kind of music I like to apply to. But that's also how I like to look at my life is, you know, it, it, it's not always about winning. And there's a certain element in Western society that kind of makes life all about well, how successful are you? You know, how, how much did you win? No, no, no. I think it's way more about how much did you live. Right. That's true. That's absolutely yeah. true, man. You know, I was just thinking about earlier, we were talking about social media. I interview a lot of the younger artists, too. Some of them are hip-hop artists. Some of them are 
rock, folk, whatever. But nowadays, a lot of times when I'm talking to these singers and songwriters, the younger the younger generation, some of the people they collaborate with on the, that's on their EPs and on their albums, they've never met them in person ever. They just they just they they, they meet up with them on on Instagram or other places on social media, and then they and then that artist will lay down tracks and send the vocals in, and then they'll pay them, and then they'll have a producer mix it in or whatever. Yeah, that's like something. When I was growing up, that just just didn't happen like that. It's a different world now. Completely different world. Well, in a way, that's how I write my songs. I, I like. Uh, I have a guitar player, Andy Ryan, who I played with, you know, in the '90s, and he's brilliant. Yeah. But what I do now, when I have songs, like you know, I, I start with lyrics, so I get the lyrics and whatever. And right. then I have no musical training, as I said. So what I do is I come up with a melody in my head, and then I sing it onto my phone and record it and send him this acapella yeah you know here it is and he puts now can you help me put music and stuff to this and and we go back and forth and figure out the rhythm and where we're going and what it's going to be and i i think that's amazing it is amazing it's amazing i mean the, the, the musicians that you know when i was growing up in the 70s and the 80s would love to have had that um, you know, be able to do that. Yeah. So it's really a blessing. Kidding, eh? Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. You no, know, it's okay. That's all right. I, I, I just, I, I can easily get going down other tracks. It's just yeah. Fun. Me too. Honestly, I mean, especially when I'm talking to somebody. Who, how old are you, Dave? How, how old are you? Well, let's put it this way. I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a 31-year-old daughter. So <laughs> I'm old enough to have a 31-year-old and young enough to have a nine-year-old. So we're probably the same, close to the same range. I think so. We're in the territory, man. Yeah, that's good. I, I, you know, I just always, I avoid the question of age specifically just simply because, you know, I don't want people to, it's the old judgment, you know, what color are you? What race oh, are yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you? Yeah. What this and that. Everybody does all their um, analysis from simple things that really have so little to do with who we are. So I just stick to No, that's fair. Is where yeah. The only reason why I asked the question was because I wanted to see if we, like, just how much we can relate to the, the 80s and the growing up in that, in, that, in, that, in that time. I can um, relate to what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. All right, so totally. do you plan on dropping any more singles before this full album release you're going to do, or are you going to just wait and just drop this album all at once here's uh, coming up? You know, I was talking to, I, I just got a music manager, so I, I was talking to them this week and how they're going to go at things. And, um, you know, of course, they're never in a hurry, and I always am. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I think, I think we're, uh, probably going to, um, end up, I'm going to say mid-February now, really starting to bang out a few of the singles, like maybe two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, um, mm-hmm. as the announcing of the album and letting the whole thing go. Uh, there's 10 songs on it. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with the, writing and and what's in it we'll see how that gets received but um yeah i'm excited to see how that goes and that's approximately the plan do you have a in the in in the information that i got you were looking at january for for a potential release is that is that still 
It's the way you shoot for? Yeah, apparently, apparently the way this works with the, you know, the, the, what do they call it? The digital, uh, distribution services yeah. is, you know, like, uh, they need a certain amount of time and they don't take new releases between December 23rd and January 6th. So, um, and it'll take four or five weeks after January 6th to actually get it up and going. Uh, we're working with Believe as our distribution services platform and they, you know, they get it out to Apple and uh, Apple Music mm -hmm. and, and Spotify and all the rest of it. The one thing that can, we can do direct is uh, YouTube which is why this has worked very well in the first one because the YouTube uptake has been really strong and there's, I guess, the heart of that is what's happened is a couple of um, playlists have ended up um, driving that YouTube um, playing for us, which is great. So somebody heard it and went, oh, yeah, we like this, and they put it on their playlist. Yeah. That's driving. Yeah. And more than likely... That's great. More than likely, whoever that was had a lot of subscribers, and they yeah, probably exactly. that's what flooded into to you. That's good. That, that, and that's the beauty of social media. That's what I'm thinking has happened, and I'm hoping, you know, when we get some of this new stuff out, um, that'll happen again. Because I, I, I really believe I've got I've got some really strong pieces coming out. Um, you know, I, I, I got a song called Arc of Life. And um, how would I put this? I always wanted a non-secular song for, you know, every funeral it seems like they play um, Amazing Grace or something, right? Mm -hmm. I always wanted to have something that people who didn't want something about God mm -hmm. or a God or whatever, that they could have their choice of something that would say. So I've written a song called Arc of Life. And uh, I think it's pretty strong. So that's in that area, right? And then, you know, I, I already gave you a bit of the lyric from the poetry song. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so I think that's very cool. And yeah, there's a mix of things in there. And then there's a really strong blues song. Wow. This is, so this is a story. And this, you know, you were talking about how do you write or where does it come from? So I encountered a woman who I knew when I was 10 or 11 years old this uh, past uh, spring. And I didn't know that she'd had rather a tragic life. I thought, you know, I mean, I was 10 or 11 when I knew her. And I thought she was this beautiful young girl and whatever else. And anyway, I found out um, that... Her mom had died of cancer. Her father had mental illness. Uh, she'd been given over to this family, and the man in that family she was given to had sexually abused her. Oh, man. You know, beaten her, and their life had turned into a horror. And um, her name was Jane. So I wrote a song called Jane. And, um, you know... It's a beautiful, I, I, it's a really powerful blues song. It's not very happy, that's for sure. Right. You know, at the heart of it is is the idea she had nowhere to go, nowhere to go. She learned she had nowhere to go. And, um, but I, I think about those things and I think uh, it's very 
topical finally in the world, which is good, where people are starting to understand that there are these kinds of tragedies that have been going on behind closed doors, so to speak. And um, anyway, so I got stuff as heavy as that and um, as light as rising up again. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it will be received. And um, I'm really enjoying um, the whole creative process again and feeling invigorated by the idea that I can at least try and put it out there to a whole lot more people mm -hmm. in an easier way than I did the last time. I got to ask this. So did the girl that had the really tough upbringing, did she have she heard the song yet? Yes, she has, actually. I, um, wow. And... Um, yeah, she said uh, it was unbelievably meaningful to her. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. I, when I got it done, I, the first thing I did actually was pretty much send it to her because I wanted her to know because I could hear when I talked to her that time and it was such a sad conversation. I thought, Do you know, she, she needs somebody to hear her. That's what she needs. She what needs a great somebody idea. to hear her. And so I said to her, here's what I did, and I hope it's okay. And she said, wow, that's exactly, that's really helpful. Man, that's exactly that's what great. I wanted. Good on you, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a very impactful thing to do for somebody, and it's good therapy for her, honestly. I mean, she probably really, really appreciates that more than she maybe expressed to you. So that was good stuff, man. Well, you know, it, it's funny. I was nervous about it. Yeah. Um, but I talked to my eldest daughter, uh, who, you know, she's dealt with um, psychological issues with friends and others who, in difficult situations in her life, where she's had friends attached to difficult situations. I said to her, you know, hey, Cece, what do you think? Should I share this with her? Should I do this? And she said, absolutely. She said, she'll find it as validation for something. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. So um, I got good advice from my daughter on that one. And, and it's cool because, you know, what happened is I, yeah, I helped. And, and that's just kind of how I think about music and writing yeah. and stories is, like tell what's real just tell what's real yep the power of music it's a, it's a very it's it's some the thing about music is like every culture around the earth yeah. for for forever has all had music it's the one common denominator that everybody has is music in their culture way back in their history and i look at it right on. It's like a medicine for me. It's like a musical music is a medicine because the and it's a two way medicine. Singers and songwriters like yourself, you guys create music and then you deliver that music to you, to the people that are listening to it. And there's people going through all kinds of different trials and tribulations and all different walks of life, and people have different stresses. And so music, when they when they embrace music and take it into their ears, it helps lift them up. It helps. It helps. At the same time, singer and songwriters, they get that medicine back when they when they see the impact that their music's having on people. So it's like a two way, it's a two way medicine. So I see it. Yeah, it's, it's just so true, and and it's so hard. You know, it's funny. I, I was trying to fill out an Apple Music thing the other day, and they were asking, like, who are the three greatest albums? You know, what's the this? Who's the best artist? 
What do you think? Who? Yeah. And I come seeing him and saying, how can I answer those questions? Oh, Are you kidding me? Uh, there's so <laughs> many people who have touched my life, who have affected my life as musicians. I've listened to music for so long, and it absolutely is. It's in my soul. It's in my home. It's in my bar. It's in it's in everything. It's in my car when I'm driving down the road. What are you talking about? How can I segregate it into such a small influence? Right. All these things. If I could pick three albums, if I had to be stuck on a deserted island somewhere in the South Pacific, and I needed, I can only pick three. I think my three yeah. would be. I think my three would be Dark Side of the Moon from Pink Floyd. Yeah. Frampton comes alive, and ACDC's Back in Black. Those are my like I, the three that. It's like, I mean, I, I know there's other great ones out there, but them three, for me, is oh, everything. See, that's I, I think that's just so awesome. You could do that, and I sit there and I go, okay, if you came to my house, and we had me as DJ for the next four hours, mm-hmm. I would play songs to you from at least 40 or 50 different albums. <laughs> That's great, though. That's the beauty of it. And, you know, it would be a whole spectrum, and I'd take you down roads here and there. It's like, I remember when I first heard the blues, and it was Buddy Guy at a concert, and I, 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 I'd never heard the blues. I was a white boy from you know, Ontario, and never introduced this, and then right. I heard the blues the first time. And it just smacked me in the face. Well, I took my motorcycle, I went to Cleveland, I went to Chicago, I, but I also just went downtown Toronto because there was a really good bar that had players. And I ended up hearing, you know, Albert King, B.B. King, Taj Mahal, mm. um, you know, uh, you name it, I heard them. Jimmy Cotton, I don't care. I, I, I was all over the place. It changed my life. Yes, indeed. But, you know, blues wasn't the only thing, because I also, I, I love lyrics, right? And so, you know, if you ask me, who are the two most important artists of the 20th century? I would have said Pablo Picasso and Bob Dylan. I'm about to say, I hope you say Bob Dylan. I was waiting for it. I was like, you better say Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Man. For a lyrics. Like, yeah. He completely changed the content of what we were talking about. Well, not completely, because actually, you know, when you listen to some of Billy Holiday or something back in the 40s and yeah. 50s, and you say, no, there was some really meaningful stuff broken sure. there. But Dylan addressed the world in a whole different way that yeah. caused us all to rethink music. Absolutely. And uh, anyway, so I, I just love the fact that there are so many different ways down the road to look at those things. Absolutely. You know, and when you were saying you would play me something probably from 30 different records, there's a pretty fair chance that I mean, one of those records might knock my top one of my top three off the top three list, and I may have a new top three. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the beauty of music. There's so much good, you know what I mean? We, 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 none of us have listened to all of it. You know what I mean? Right on. Right on. That's so true. And and actually, one of my favorite things is when you meet people who are really passionate about music, is to be sitting, you know, drinking some wine or beer or whatever, and, and with a machine in front of you that can play whatever you want and say, okay, I want you to hear this. And then 
the other person says, oh, yeah, that reminds me. I want you to hear this. Yeah. And then, you know, you go back and forth. And it ends up, because music just opens up your thinking and your heart. In For sure. Such an easy way. A hundred percent. All right, my friend, we're coming up on 30 minutes, so I just wanted to ask one more question, and then I'll give you the microphone to tell everybody where they can follow you and get your music. Um, what's the goal? Like, like uh, in a few days, we're going to be in 2023. Uh, it's crazy to even think about that, but what, what do you want to get done in, the, in, in this upcoming year? Like, where do you want to, where do you want to be like this time next year, say? You know, um, I'm really hoping that by then I've done and launched this first album and then just be in the middle of the launch of the second album next fall because I'm a long ways along on that and that I got enough traction that I know there's just enough to actually allow me to just keep doing this and mm. I would be so happy to be there if it goes better than that, if more people think like me and hear me, uh, and I, I do better so that I can do more than that, that's great. But in the end, I'm, I'm really enjoying this creative period. I think I've got some good music coming and, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how many people in the world think like me. Yeah, man. <laughs> I guess that's the way. Well, David Deacon, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's a really good song, and everybody out there who's listening, you need to go check out No Nevermind, his song. It's really catching fire on YouTube right now. Very strong views just a few weeks it's been up there. Tell everybody out there, before we wrap it up, where they can follow you on your social media, where they can get your music. Yeah, well, the simplest and easiest way, because it'll connect you to social media and everything else, is just... DDeacon.com, so D-D-E-A-C-O-N.com is my website, and you can check in. I've had kind of a wild ride in life, race cars, been at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, driving for BMW, different things like that, that I think will help people understand. I'm like a lot of them. Never could figure out exactly what I was good at, hoping that I might be good at this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's very nice to chat with you. I appreciate it. ddeacon.com, and you can click on to the YouTube or, you know, Spotify or anything else or the Facebook page, whatever else you want. Well, I enjoyed talking to you, too, and I did want to, yeah, let's, let's squeeze that in there real quick. I did read that. That you were you're into racing cars and motorcycles, all the way from poetry to painting, man. So that's a nice spectrum of of, of interests, and I think people will be. You got plenty of stuff to to write about for sure, um, for songs with your, with your life resume. So I appreciate you joining me, man. And whenever you got some new stuff you want to talk about, man, just get back to us. I'd love to get you back on the I'm show. I'm looking forward to that. What a great interview. Appreciate your time. Absolutely, I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Take care. Take care.